انفسكم واحرا وقودها الناس والحجاره عليها ملائكه غلاظ شداد لا يعصون الله ما امرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون صدق الله مولانا العظيم الفريز ان الجراتيتي بنقص الله سبحانه وتعالى وسستينا او نرثا ديتنج اند سالوتيشنز ابون اور نوبل ماستر نبي محمد مصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم درس اول سايد بروش اللهم صل على سيدنا وعلى ال سيدنا واصحابه وبارك وسلم الحمد لله ميكن افورت ايت ابندنس اوف درود اند سلام upon nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam on a daily basis morning durood and salams upon nabi pak sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah taala grant each one of us tawfiq amal find that allah subhanahu wa taala has created you and i insan and we find this insan is such that in whatever he does whatever feeling then it's his desire and his wish that he must be the best in that so you will not may not be the best but his desire is that i must be the best nobody must be better than me in every field we find whether it's good whether it's bad example if person is a doctor he would wish that he is the best doctor similarly an engineer whatever field it may be a builder etc on the other hand also person who is doing the wrong things for example a thief he also wants to be the best someone to brag about how what he stole they want to excel in that thief. but we find there's two types or two categories where although they would want to be the best but they wouldn't mind someone else being better than them if they are doing it truly for the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one is we find is a teacher a teacher who is teaching and he's doing it with the, his heart and soul when a teacher is such that he always wish for his student to excel he will not be jealous of his student but if his students he will always desire and wish that my student must be the top student my student must excel and he will be proud about it that this is my student the top surgeon in the country is my student he won't be jealous about it so i must do well also but this is my student he'll be proud about it. this is one one person and the next one the second type of person is a parent we find many of us sitting here also are parents that we would always any parent will always wish and desire that my child must excel and become better than no matter what i am doing but my child must be better than we will not be envious of our children rather will be proud that my child is better. i did not have it i did not have the opportunity i did not acquire it but my desire and my wish is and i will make all the effort for my child to acquire it allah taala has made it such like that and we find even when a child would excel then a parent becomes more proud and happy than the child itself so what brings joy to the parent is to see the child and similarly a child has to go through any difficulties and problems any grief and we find it brings more pain and grief to the parent more than the child many a times the parent may say rather i be inflicted with that pain and difficulty than my child we always wish for our children to excel and this brings joy and happiness to a parent and we find that this was the quality of sahaba also something that allah taala has put we find among sahaba also that when their child would excel then this would make them happy but we find the difference between us and sahaba that sahaba would become delighted and they would express happiness and joy when their children excel in deen they unfortunately we become happy when our children excel in dunya but we're not concerned about it how are they faring with their deen what is their relationship with deen that we are not concerned at all sahaba were concerned about the deen and the welfare of the deen of their children on one occasion hazrat abdullah bin umar radhiyallahu anhu was a young small boy less than the under the age of 10 maybe 6 or 7 years of age a small boy and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had gathered the sahaba the likes of hazrat ubakar hazrat umar hazrat uthman etc giants and they are sitting in the gathering of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam posed a question to sahaba and he asked sahaba that allah taala has created everything and amongst the creation of allah subhanahu wa taala 
Allah Ta'ala created the trees. And amongst the different trees that Allah Ta'ala has created, Allah Ta'ala has created a particular tree, such a tree that resembles a mu'min, a believer very close. So he asked the Sahaba, do you know what tree I'm talking about? It has a very close resemble with a mu'min, with a believer. Sahaba started mentioning a few trees and thinking what tree that Nabi Sam is referring to has a close resemble, resemblance to a mu'min, a believer. So eventually Nabi Sam answers the question, he says, I'm talking about the date, the kajur tree. This tree resembles a mu'min, a believer very closely. If you look at the qualities of a kajur tree, Nabi Sam mentions that the, the leaves of this tree, it's always green, it does not fall, it doesn't become dry. Throughout the year you'll find this tree is green. It will bear fruit throughout the year also. And this tree has so much of benefit. The animals benefit from it. Human beings benefit from it. Insects benefit from it. Uh, the tree, the leaves itself, the bark, etc. Everything utilized at this tree. Nothing goes to waste from this tree. It has so much of benefit for different creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this has a close resemblance with a mu'min, a believer. That a mu'min and a believer is also such a person that he benefits others. Through him no harm comes to others. And he benefits everybody. He's not restricted and limited to a believer. But to everybody, whether it's insan, whether it's human beings, whether it's non-Muslims, whether it's the, the animals, etc. It's an asset to the community. As I mentioned, this is talking about the date tree, the kajur tree. Nevertheless, the discussion is over and sahaba go home. When they come home, then Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, second khalifa, Amir al-Mu'mineen, he comes home and his small child, his young son, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala comes home, his son tells him, oh, father, that Nabi Islam asked that question that I was present in the gathering. I knew the answer to the question of Nabi Islam. Umar said, you knew the answer? Yes, I knew the answer. Small boy. Why didn't you put your hand up and stand up and give the answer? Big, big sahaba, they didn't have stood up and raised their hands and given the answer. I would become so proud and so happy that my son knew the answer to the question of the Nisallallahu Umar realizing this. How happy you have brought, how much of joy you have brought to me that my son, a small boy, knew the answer. So he asked his son, why didn't you stand up? This, look at the answer of that small child. When the tarbiyat is made of the children and deen is taught to our children, and this is the response we get from our children. Today, parents are crying with regards to the behavior, the character of our children. Why? Because we are at fault. Look at the upbringing of our children. Look at the upbringing of Sahaba's children. And this was the response of that small young child, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu He replies and he tells his father, oh, my father, I was sitting in that gathering. And in that gathering, there were great Sahaba present there. The likes of Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Uthman, Ali, and great Sahaba and companions of Abi Salam sitting there. Very senior people were sitting there, elderly people were sitting there, and me being a small young boy sitting amongst them, it would seem very rude that I stand up and give the answer when they were silent. I must stand up a small boy in the presence of such senior people, a youngster like me, very rude of me. So out of respect and other for the elderly and the senior people that were amongst them, amongst them in the crowd, I refrain and I remain silent. This is an answer of a small child. When the tarbiyat is made of our children, then we get these type of response. And this comes about when deen is taught to our children. When the correct upbringing is taught to our children, then we find it. Today, sadly, unfortunately, that we give priority to our dunya activities, to circular knowledge, and we forget about our children. Not saying we don't have to, we have to, must not do it. Yes, it's important. But unfortunately, it's sad that today we side line uh, of the Makati, of our Madaris, this deeny knowledge to impart to our children. This is their lifeline uh, for them to remain on Iman, is that they have taught the basics of deen. This is taught at the level of the Makkah. This shows the importance of Madrasa.
when you will send our children to the madrasa then these qualities will be instilled in our children when we will find our children becoming obedient when we will find the respect that we are looking then our children will become the coolness of our we will see the benefit of this in dunya also we will see the benefit of this when we become proud to say that this is my child and how sahaba became proud that this is my child it will bring joy and happiness to us i just remember so many incidents in the life of sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhu the upbringing of sahaba once the nabi sallallahu alaihi was sitting on the dastarkhan small child sitting on eating and we some teaches him the adab and the and the, and the ways and the etiquette of how small child can tell this youngster the small child tammillah take the name of allah qul bi tammillah wa qul bi aminik wa qul mimma yaliq take the name of allah when you eat say bismillah eat with your right hand and eat from that front of What is this? What is this? Is that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is teaching this child? This is the maktab that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to teach our small children all this knowledge and raise this thought. This is thought. How unfortunately, so many times we find the parents say we don't have time. I want the children to have time. Sometimes we hear when a child is born, for the name of the child is even here. Sometimes the parents are taking out policies, educational policies, policies for the children. I'm taking out a policy for my child before the child is even born. Taking out a policy for education because when my child will become 18, 20 years time. Uh, the price of university and education will be very expensive. I will not be able to afford it. So I'm taking on this policy. And what about the madrasa? We will see when the time comes. If it's convenient, then we will send. If it's out of the way, then we just carry on. How sad it is! This will become the reality. We don't even know whether that child will be a pious child, an upright child, or that child will be uh, an arrogant child, a disobedient child. But we already worry about the secular education of the child, and we have put aside with regards to deen. Whereas this is the right of a child. This is the right of a child. We talk about the rights of parents. That the children have to fulfill the rights of parents. We are always listening about that. But there are certain rights that a child has over his parents. That on the day of Qiyamah, on the day of Qiyamah, like how the child will be asked to fulfill the rights of your parents. Similarly, questions will be asked the parents. You and I, as parents, did we fulfill the rights of the child? That question will also be asked. And what is the right of our children? One of the rights of the children is that we as parents have to give them the correct dini education. This is a right, and if we have deprived them of this, then on the day of kiamat we will be taken to task. We have deprived them of this on the day of kiamat we will be taken to task. So very, very carefully, it's the beginning of the year. Let us ensure that those children of ours who are going to school they attend the maktab. There's so much of benefit in the maktab. There's so much of benefit in sending our children to the madrasa. We haven't realized the system of the maktab system was not something new that was introduced in our time. It's something that was established in the time of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It was something that was established in the time of Nabi sallam by himself. We find on the coming of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu Islam. Nabi sallam had made dua for Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu to come to Islam. What was the means? The dua was accepted. What did Allah Taala use as a means for Umar radiallahu anhu coming to Islam? Remember. Sword in his hand, he's angry, he's fuming. Not in his right frame of mind. At that time, try to talk to somebody, put some sense into a person. What we will say? Person is angry. You can't talk to him. Now leave him. Let him cool down. Then you can speak sense. Imagine has Umar radiallahu anhu is in this state of mind. He's upset. He's angry. He's got sword in his hand. He's going to assassinate the Messiah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this is on his way. And now he hears on his way that your own sister has accepted Islam. What is going to happen? He becomes more angry and more upset. Goes to his sister's house. He breaks the door, bangs the door, opens the door. Long story. He hits her. Blood comes out. But what's happening in that house at that time? Why is he so upset? Because the maktab system has been established in the house of Fatima bint Khattab radiallahu taala anha. They are learning and teaching Quran. 
Hazrat Khabbab bin Arad radiallahu anhu the Ustad, and he's teaching them Quran in that house. The maktab system has been established in the house with the sister of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Nabi Sam has established it. He comes to the house, he's angry and upset. He can't talk to an angry person. As soon as he sees that environment, Quran is being recited, immediately he comes down. And long story short, it's a means of him getting hidayat. Innani ana Allahu la ilaha illa ana fa'budni wa aqimu salata li dhikri. He hears these ayat of the Quran and Majid and his whole mind changes and now he accepts Islam. What we understand from this, this maktab system, this madrasa is a means of hidayat. It's a means of hidayat. Umar radiallahu anhu is going to assassinate Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's given hidayat by the maktab system. Can imagine if we implement this system in our homes? What will happen to our community? Allah will use it as a means of hidayat. And today we witness this as well in today's times. I personally have witnessed this here. One incident in Phoenix, I'll give you of a maktab child. And how this maktab system is a means of hidayat. You don't have to do nothing. Small children Allah Ta'ala will use as a means of hidayat to non-Muslims. Two years ago, maybe a couple of years ago, there was one elderly old lady that came. He says, long story short, her daughter was married with a non-Muslim Hindu lady. Her daughter got married to a Muslim person. Daughter got married to a Muslim. Daughter became a Muslim. They had one child. was a young boy. The child was barely few years old. And either the father passed away or the father left the mother and went on. Moved on or passed away. But this mother came back to her mother's house with this child, small baby, maybe two, three years of age. And they are both Muslims. They continued living as a Muslim. When this child became five years, six years, this mother, mother sent this child to the madrasa. In Phoenix here, sent the child to the madrasa. Her mother is not a Muslim. Three of them living in one house. Granny, daughter, and grandchild. Granny is not a Muslim. It's her house. Mother is a Muslim, reverted to Islam. She's sending her child to the madrasa. Grade one, grade two. Grade R, grade one. By the time the child is in grade two, the same mother, now she passes away. She's Sick and she passed away. Granny and small child, grandson is alive. Granny is a non-Muslim. That small child of five, six years old is a Muslim. What does that child know? How much does that child know? But that child is doing madrasa. The mother sent madrasa. Because Granny says now, I continued sending this child to madrasa because this child was going. Father was a Muslim, mother was a Muslim, so I just sent this child. And then she's relating this incident. After some time, she's not a Muslim. She doesn't know anything about Islam. But this child, she's sending her grandchild to madrasa. After a short period of time, under a year or two, now the same granny, maybe 70 years of, of age, the Hindu, she comes and says, I want to accept Islam. So I asked her, what, why you want to accept Islam? What was the reason behind this? Then she unfolds the story and she says, but every day my child, his mother was a Muslim, so I said he must remain, must remain as a Muslim, he followed the religion of his parents. I accepted that. But she says, every day this child is doing madrasa, this child is coming five, six years old, he's coming with his kitab, Alif Bata, he's saying, I don't know nothing what he's saying. When he's reading, La ilaha illallah, I can see the meaning. There's none worthy of worship besides one Allah. He's saying, Bismillah, he's reading all these things. And he's saying, La ilaha illallah, and I got this idols in my house. So she asks herself, I can't take this child and tell this child to become a Hindu. But the least I can do is support this child, and I become a Muslim so I can guide this child and be a means of, of support for this child. And because of this, now she accepts Islam. And she accepts Islam because of this child. This child comes home every day reading, La ilaha illallah. But there's none worthy of worship. My grandson is saying, La ilaha illallah, and I'm saying there's 101 gods. How can this work? So rather, I leave my deen and accept the deen of this child. Until today, she's a Muslim. And she continues sending that child to madrasa. Now imagine, just that child going to madrasa has such an effect on a non-Muslim who could not even read and write. Allah Ta'ala uses this, this maktab system as a means of hidayat. We have to ensure that we send our children. This is a means, the second benefit, the means of preservation of our deen. Those countries where communism came about, the first thing they took away was the maktab system. Why? Because deen must not continue. Today we are sitting here, how is our deen preserved? That every one of us sitting here, 
we are going to read salah who taught us surah fatiha then we learn surah fatiha it's a wajib act of salah if you've not read your salah or not who taught us surah fatiha who taught us that jumma has two rakats for us we never go to any university we learned it from the apa in the maktab so our deen is being preserved by what we learned in the madrasa if we are going to deprive our children brothers the next generation there will be no deen left we are so fortunate in our country today that we have this maktab system that many countries Arab countries of the world don't have. Arab countries of the world don't have. This maktab system is a means of attracting the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When hadith is mentioned, When hadith mentions, when Allah ta'ala wants to punish a nation, the people of the land, when Allah ta'ala hears the small children reading Quran, learning and reading Quran, that Allah Ta'ala, as they, because the small children are reading Quran, it mentions Sibyan, Sibyan are small children, not adults. adults. Hadith mentions Sibyan, Sibyan are small children, not adults. Yes, the effect of adult reading will have its own benefit, but small children reading Quran, learning and teaching Quran, because of the barakah of Allah Ta'ala, Hadith mentions Sarafa Thalika, and Allah Ta'ala removes it. And today we can see what is the condition of the Muslim Ummah, that we need those A'mal that will accept the mercy and the rahmat of Allah. Hazrat Mufti Saab mentioned in his majlis this week that we can see what's happening in Palestine, in Hassa and throughout the country. That we all want to do, want to attack the mercy and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. But we have to ask ourselves the question, what are those actions that will attack the mercy of Allah Ta'ala? And one of the things that Mufti Saab had mentioned is start the recitation of Quran Majid. Especially the small children. May khatams of Quran Majid in our home. How many of us have been there? We want to take banners and slogans and sign petitions, all that is in place. But what is Quran solution, Quranic solution, prophetic solution that is guaranteed? Allah has promised us. We are saying in Quran, Mata Nasrullah. We are reading the Quran, the verse of the Quran says, Mata Nasrullah. When will the help of Allah come? Quran says, Allah Ta'ala says, Mata Nasrullah, Allah inna Nasrullah qareeb. Allah Ta'ala says the Quran, his help is very close. But when is the help of Allah Ta'ala close? When we adopt the means that Allah Ta'ala has put in front of us. We are adopting every other means and we are saying Mata Nasrullah. How is the help of Allah going to come when we are adopting other means that not shown to us by Allah and Nabi Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala is telling, Nabi is telling us, start the recitation of Quran, learn and teach Quran as a means of attraction, the rahmat and the mercy of Allah. So this is a benefit. Attracts the mercy of Allah. So the small children going to the madrasa, it's a means of attracting and growing the rahmat of Allah. Who knows in this locality, we have heavy rains. Allah Ta'ala protected all of us, alhamdulillah. Whatever small damage happened, it happened. But by and large, Allah Ta'ala protected us. How do we know it's the barakah of the small children living in the madrasa, Allah Ta'ala's rahmat and the mercy is descending upon us. We are so fortunate in our country that we have this system in place. I remember a few years ago, Arab countries, where they speak the Arabic language, that they had come to South Africa, they came to Phoenix, they came to our madrasa. You see the system that we have implemented in South Africa, telling the small children to read Quran, they were surprised. How can these children uh, who don't know Arabic, don't understand, but they can read Quran? Surprised that they are the people of the language, they children cannot read Quran. Yes, so they wanted, they came to see how the system is running in our country. That we find small children at the age of five, six, leave alone reciting Quran and memorizing Quran. What system have we implemented that we are so successful? And how unfortunate we have it right on our doorstep. Not taking it back. Alhamdulillah, it's the beginning of the new year. The makatib are open. Alhamdulillah, all madrasas are open around. Let us ensure that our children go to madrasa. Enroll them. Transport is also provided. We have courses on the board. Take the numbers, enroll our children. 
This may means of hidayat and guidance for us and preservation of our Iman in this world also and we'll see the benefit of it in Akhirah. But we as parents, as is our responsibility, our duty, we do not take the initiative, it will never happen. We have to put ourselves right first. Then we'll see the fruit of it in our children. We want our children to become like the children of Sahaba. But first we have to put One example I will just give, the lengthy incident. But we as parents, if we put our act together and we understand the importance of it, then we will see the benefit of it. We will see the difference in our children. We will see the difference of our children. As Abdullah bin Zubair, a very lengthy incident. But when the parent was correct and the upbringing of the child was correct, then we get answers like what children of Sahaba give us. Give one instance of Abdullah bin Umar, Abdullah bin Zubair, his father was Zubair, his mother was Asma bint Abi Bakr, the daughter of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala. At the time when Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu ta'ala, the war was broke out between himself and Hajjaj. A lot of zulm upon the Muslim at the time. So he comes to his mother Asma bint Abi Bakr. At that time, historians write that his mother was almost a hundred or close to a hundred years of age. She was very, very old and weak. And he came to her and he told her that perhaps tomorrow it will be my last day on the battlefield. I got a feeling that tomorrow I'll be made shaheed. He comes to meet her and he asks her that should I go forward to the battle tomorrow? But I got this feeling I'm going to be tomorrow will be my last day. So she tells him, oh my son, that it'd be more beloved to me and more honorable to see the strike of a sword on you than to see the humiliating lash of a weapon. So better you go and if you are struck by a sword on the battlefield and you, you are killed, this will be more joy and more happiness at home. I'll be more happy if you go in the battlefield for haq and for truth and the sword strikes when you meet Shaheed. Thereafter, he tells him, his mother calls him, tells him, let me hug you and let me smell your fragrance for the last time perhaps. So he comes and then the incident and then his mother hugs him over a hundred years of age, how weak and feeble. And then she feels he's wearing this armor and she asks him, what is this that you're wearing? So he tells her, I'm wearing this armor, I'm going to the battlefield, I'm wearing an armor. So she asks him, why are you wearing this armor? He says, because I'm concerned that when I die, the enemy has to kill me, the people of Sham have to kill me, but I'm concerned after they kill me, they must mutilate my body. If I have an armor, my body will still be intact. So she tells her son, what you worried about that? And the body is dead, when a person is dead, his corpse is lying on the floor, what does it matter what they do with the body? The body is insignificant. You, the, the soul, you, what have you done with your life? Whatever they do to your body after is insignificant. Thereafter, tells his mother to make dua for him. And his mother tells him, oh my son, look at this mother parting advice. She tells him the upbringing of the parent is correct. She tells, oh my son, tighten your siwar, your, your, your trousers and your clothing. Tighten it, make it very tight. I'm in the battlefield, what are you talking about tightening your clothes? Probably say sharpen, sharpen your sword. Tighten your clothes, your pants. Why? Because I fear after the enemy kills you, it mustn't happen such that your stutter gets exposed. Worried about the deen of the child, of her son, correct upbringing. It mustn't happen that after you are dead, they kill you, your stutter mustn't be Say, we are alive and we are only answer to Allah, breaking the commands of Allah while we are alive. Sahaba are concerned about the children after they're dead, they mustn't break the command of Allah. So tighten your clothes, tighten your up so when they kill you, your stutter mustn't be Make dua for his son. And thereafter, this answer reply he gives his mother. Which child can give their parents this answer? When the tarbiyat is made of our children, the correct upbringing, then we'll get this answer. Then he tells his mother, Oh my mother, that rest assured, rest assured, don't worry, that this son of yours, from the time he became of age, Bali, till today, till today, maybe his last day, he hasn't broken one command of Allah Ta'ala intentionally. That is when we will bring our children up. Correct. How proud that mother must have been when a child makes this statement to her. No matter how big this is her son. How much of joy and happiness to become the heart of that mother 
that yes, my son tomorrow is going to die in the path of Allah, but he's 100% sure he hasn't disobeyed Allah Ta'ala. And the next day, it's a lengthy evening, he was killed. And they hang his body up. And Hajjaj told that don't bring his body down. Tell his mother to come and bring his body. She said, never will I do that. Let his body hang. Body means nothing. Eventually, Hajjaj came to her and the body was gone. Allah Ta'ala gives his death and honor. But he had to come to her, over a hundred-year-old woman, and come to her, requesting her. So, no, you were But she never went to her. When we do, let's upgrade himself. Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq. Let us use this facility that we have in our area. Wherever there's a maktab. Don't ever feel, many a times we give this excuse, no, my child is tired. We underestimate the ability of our children. That same child who's tired to go to madrasa after school, but you give that child a ball for three hours, that child will take ball out. Give that child that screen, and for two hours, that child will sit on the screen, won't sleep. Whether the child has that energy to stay awake, but to go to madrasa, every small excuse of the child, we have to take to accept. As I mentioned in the beginning, this is a responsibility and amanat. This is the right of that child. The child may be very happy that we are keeping the child at home. And we feel very happy. But on the day of Qiyamah, remember that child will turn around against us. Everyone will turn against everyone. That same small child that you deprived of ta'aleem of deen on the day of Qiyamah will turn against And will hold you responsible in the court of Allah Ta'ala. But oh Allah, that this father, this mother that you've given me, it was my right that they sent me and give me deen education. They deprived me.